We're starting from the top of the Omer. So what the Mishnah concluded is that we have a bunch of different categories. Shar, Bar, Mav, and Hever. And they're different from one another. They're different from one another. And as we wrote at the end yesterday, that maybe possibly I could put two together and derive a third. But the Torah still is going to write all the different categories because they have separate halachos, separate dinim. But the Mishnah concluded that there's a tzadah shavah shabahem. There's a common denominator. After I put all of them together, all of them are learned, there's now one theme, which is that when a person has property, something is incumbent upon him to watch, then if he doesn't do that, he's liable to pay damages. So the Gemara says the obvious question, which is, last week, my, what, what, what are we coming to include with this rule? In other words, the tzadah shavah shabahem is not just to develop the theme that's similar. It's to say, once the theme is similar, then that now can be applied to something different. And as long as it has the theme, then that thing will be liable as well. So what are we coming to include by making this thing? So the Gemara gives us a bunch of approaches. First approach, The case is someone had an item on top of a roof, be a stone or a knife or some just a package. He puts them on top of his roof, they fall down through normal wind, and they do damage. That scenario is not exactly like any case, but it's a common characteristic. It certainly has. It's your property, which you should have been uh, more careful to watch. Says the Gemara, well, what's the case? If they damage as they were moving, meaning the wind blows them. And let's say that package fell on a person. That's a tolda, that's a subcategory of ish. You don't need to come onto the Tzad shava. The Tzad shava is using a bunch of the different categories together. But if the thing was on the top of the roof, and then the wind blew it down with a pneumon wind, and it damaged as it moved, that just is a subcategory. That is just a told of H. Maishan H, because what is different about H? In other words, what, ways, what is the essence of H? The other force mixes in with it to, to, to make the damage, right? The wind mixes with the fire, moves it, and, and, and makes the damage as it goes, and it's your obligation to watch that that doesn't happen. And this, this is exactly like that. If I leave the package on the top of the roof where it's normal for a normal wind would blow it down. So the other force mixes with it and I should be careful to watch out and protect that that doesn't happen. So that can't be the case that we're referring to because you don't have to come out to that side of it. That's just a told of age. The case is that it fell off the roof and then they come to rest and then it damages. In other words, what happens is it falls on the street. Somebody else now trips over it. So what's the case? If the case is that you declare the objects to be ownerless, in other words, it fell on the street, okay, I'm done with it. Then that's just going to be become a pit. Why isn't that just a, regu- a regular pit at this point? I, 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 my, my item was owned in the street, but I'm, I, I make it ownerless. I don't care about it once it fell in, so it's a classic bar. I, I didn't dig. I didn't dig anything, but it's still the same. It's a subcategory. From the very time that the pit exists in the street, it's prone to damage. That's the defining quality of bar. Is that it's it, it, it from the moment that it becomes a pit, it's a damager. It's your property. You have to watch it. So that also that case would also be just a total of a pit, and it wouldn't need where it blew off the roof into the street, and you're mafkarit, and therefore it's just your regular mamon that you were mafkarit in the street as a pit. So that, that's just a tolda of bar. You don't have to come out to that. Says the Gemara, Ella Dulafkarin, maybe you'll tell me that he didn't, he didn't declare it ownerless. But that was a dispute between Rav and Shmuel. Shmuel holds whether you make something ownerless or not, it can still be a pit. Right? Rav says not that way. According to Rav, it would actually be good. But according to Shmuel, we have a problem. It's still any obstacle that you leave in the street is a pit, regardless whether you own it. Anu bar. So it's still just a subcategory of bar. It doesn't have to come out to the Tzad Shava. We need a case that doesn't fit into a tolda of any one of them. But it's only going to work because I combine the Tzad together. What is the case? 
Says the Gemara, let's go back to where we started. Really, he did declare it ownerless, meaning we're going to go back that the case was you left it on the roof, the wind blew it down, it fell into the street. It didn't damage it as it went, but it rather it fell in, it, it rested, and now someone tripped over it. Ah, I let that just be a subcategory of bar. bar. The truth is that it's not exactly like the bar. When you dig a pit, who made the pit? You. You put the item down, you dug it, it's just you. Here, how was the pit made? It was made through not your actions, but through the wind blowing it down. So I would say, if I only knew the Torah, if let's say the Torah had only written bar, I would not know that this case is liable. I wouldn't know that this a bar, which was made through that was made through the wind blowing something I left on the roof, I wouldn't know that that is machayv me for bar. Maybe I need for bar that I made the pit. How do I know that koach achamurav is also machayv me? So you're going to say, no, eish tochiach. I'm going to demonstrate from the mazik of eish that even when koach achamurav, I'm still liable. The problem with comparing that is malaging in darko lelechlahazik. By eish, it's damaging as it goes, right? It goes it, as it's moving, it damages. Whereas here, it doesn't damage as it's moving. It lands in the street, and then afterwards, someone stumbles, stumbles upon it. So it's not the same case. So what am I going to say? Bar tochiach, but I'll bring that bar as chayev. But then Chazar did not go around in circles. Meaning the pit alone cannot demonstrate liability here because here it was to make the pit. Eish alone cannot make it because here it wasn't damaging as it went. But if I put them together, I've got a fascinating thing. If I get it Sada Shava between Eish and between Bar, so what emerges is that there's an idea that you're Mechuyah for your Maman when it's doing damage, even if it's not, even if you didn't construct it yourself and even if it's not moving. I, which one is it? Neither. It's just a sub, it's just a tzara shava of both. Now there's a huge machlekas in the Rishonim how to understand what's happening now with the tzara shava. And the reason why it's such an important machlekas is because they have separate halachas. You know, for, there, there's a halacha that, that a bar is, 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 is potter on kalim, and there's a halacha that eish is potter on talmud. Those are separate halachas that they each have. Which one would this one have? It's not a bar, it's not an eish. So some say, okay, because you can only learn it from both together, so it enjoys the leniencies of both. Other opinions of Rishon are saying, no, 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 no. It's really a pit. Just we're learning that even a pit, I learned from Eish that even a pit that's not koach that, that, that was koach ha'cham as opposed to me digging is still, is still liable. So it really is in the category of bar at the end of the day. Not such an easy Gemara. A second approach. Rav Amar, Bar, Behema. A pit, we're coming to include a pit that was rolled around by the feet of people or animals. Meaning I left something in the street and then people kicked it around and eventually it moves to a different place. And now... It trips, someone trips over it. I'm still liable. And that is not a told of anything. It can only be derived from the Tzad of Hey, Chidam, what's the case? If you made it ownerless before they did the damage, why isn't that just a regular pit? Me and the Ravnish Mohanu Bar, it's just a subcategory of bar. You don't need the Tzad of Shavah. My Shambar, what is different about pit? From its very inception, it's prone to damage. And you're obligated to watch it. These objects as well, from the very inception, they're prone to damage. You have to watch them. If you're going to tell me you didn't make them ownerless, but it's still... Remember, according to Shmuel, even items which are you own in the street are still bar. The Shmuel Damar Kulam Bar Lamanu Hanu Bar. It's still bar. So what's the case? What difference does it make if it's kicked around? Olam Afkirin of the Dam Bar. Says the Maybe you did the car owner list, but no. Think about it. It's not like bar. Malabar Shekin Maasav Garmulo. Not only did I dig the pit, it's deeper than that. Because here also I dig, I dug the pit. I put it down in the street. It was my action. But something else here. There, your digging is what inflicted the damage. Why? Because where was the pit? The pit is where you dug. So if someone trips in your pit, it's your action that caused that damage. Mashankin here, what happened? Tomar Bahani Shein Masam Garmalo wasn't your action that caused the damage. I put it here 
somebody kicks it to another spot, and then then somebody trips over it. So it was less direct. It's not someone's not falling in my pit. My pit was here, and now the pit got there. So it's not directly for my action. So therefore, it's a, such an essential difference. It's not really a told of bar the Gemara is saying. So therefore, I have to learn from other things. What am I going to learn from? Shor yochiach. I'll demonstrate from shor that you're chayv, even if your actions didn't cause the damage, right? By shor, it's always your animal, right? Not you at all. You just didn't watch it. So for sure over here, I'm, I'm liable for not watching it, even though it wasn't from my action. There it's more chamar. The ox moves, so I have to, I have to guard it. Whereas here, someone tripped on the thing. Didn't move and do damage. And that bar tochiach, bar will be mochiach, that even though it's stationary, someone trips over it, I'm still liable. Chazor din. We go around in circles. Each one is like each other. Bar is not like this. Normally the bar is your your action directly in this spot. Here it's not in this spot. It's not like, but it's not like shar, because shar, even though, even though it's not your actions, but it goes, and here it doesn't go. So the answer is, but if I put shar and bar together, then I'll have a liability. Says the Gemara third shot. Rav Adbar Hava Amar Lavsu had the time of learning the price of Kalisha. We'll post Kamu Hussein regarding Mar Zayim. In the cases where the Chacham say that you have permission to throw things into the street, what is the case? There are cases they didn't really have sewer system, right? That was the that was the issue. So what happened? They would they would they would store it, and then eventually there would be times when the Rabbanon would allow the rabbis would allow you to dispose of your waste by pouring it in, into the street in the in the winter season. So they would they would allow you to do this. So during the summer, you never you never allowed to do it. During the rainy season, you have permission to pour it in the street. What's the pshat? Rashi explains in the summer everything is dry and clean, so we don't want it. It's not fair that a private person should should make the street dirty. It's for everybody. But during the rainy season, where obviously this is before roads are paved. Anyways, everything is all muddy and gross. So they may as well throw out other further waste. So you're not doing anything bad. So therefore, the rabbi, the rabbanon gave a per- person permission to do that. It's a chiddush. Right? It's not your private street. It's everybody's street. But you're allowed to throw the waste out. Now, it says in the price of Yisrael Rishos, even though you did it with permission, if they did damage, you have to pay. So what do I see over here? An interesting thing, that you're throwing your waste out. You're allowed to do it. The rabbis do it. But it's, you're allowed to do it. But if you damage someone as you throw it out, so then you're liable to pay. So this, this liability is only through the Tzadah Shabbos. So the Gemara explains, Hey, dummy, how did it do the damage? If the damage as they were moving, meaning you threw a shovelful that landed, let's say, on a person's garment and made them dirty. So kohu, that's just al That's directly al It's like throwing throwing something at somebody. Certainly, that's that you don't have to come out to Tzadah Shabbos. That's just a told of al you have to say you threw the waste into the street and after it came to rest, so then someone tripped over it. So what would the case be? If you made it ownerless, that's just a pit. A pit, if in the original moment that you make it, it's prone to damage and you have to guard it. You're throwing your, your waste in the street. So the second it lands there, it's prone to damage and you have to guard it. So why, why, why do I have to come out to the Tzadah Shavah? Maybe you're going to tell me because I wasn't mafkarit. But still, remember, Shmuel holds, Shmuel holds that even items that you don't declare on list that you leave in the street could be a subcategory of par. So what is the case? Why do I have to come out to Tzadah Shavah here when I'm throwing my waste into the street, it lands in the street, and then someone trips on it? Maybe you did make it on list. There's a huge distinction between this pit and a regular pit. Normally, part of the essence of a pit is that when I dig in the street, besides for the fact that it's prone to damage, besides for the fact, there's another thing. You're not allowed to dig in the street. You're not allowed to dig in the street. Same thing, I leave something lying in the street. I'm not allowed to leave something lying in the street. In other words, when you make a hazard in the street, 
you're doing something that is illegal. So it's not just that it's prone to damage from its inception. It's a little bit deeper than that when I dig a pit. I'm doing something illegal that brings about that hazard. In these cases, the waste item, when you're throwing it in, you're throwing it in with permission. So the fact that he had permission to do that, you could argue, absolves you of being a tolda of bar. Maybe part of the, of the element of bar is the fact that you were wrong for having it in the street. Whereas here, I'm not wrong for having it in the street. I'm just wrong for not watching it subsequently. Maybe I'm not chayv. How do I know that's a tolda of bar? So I have to say, shar, top of the shar, yuchich, I learned from shar. Because when an animal walks in the street, I have permission for it to be there. It's not wrong for it to be there. Let's say, by the way, when we're bringing from a shar on the street, we mean karen. Because Shane Varegal are actually putter in the street. Shane Varegal are only chayv in someone else's property. But karen, let's say my animal is in the street and it caught another animal. Did I do anything wrong by bringing my animal to the street? No, I'm allowed to bring my animal to the street. But I'm not, what I'm responsible for is not being more careful subsequently for, for the watch it, that something doesn't happen. So I see that even though the right, I had a right to bring my ox, I'm still responsible. So to hear, even if I had a right to dispose of my waste, I'm still responsible if something happens. Ah, you're going to say, There, the ox is more hummer because it goes and does the damage. Whereas here, someone trips over it. On that, I'll show that the pit can demonstrate where even though it didn't go out and do the damage or someone tripped over it, I'm still liable. So it repeats itself. Bar alone, it cannot be because the hero is bishos. Shar alone, it cannot be because it wasn't going out and doing the damage. But if I put Karen and Bar together, then I can create a Sarah Shave to make liability here for the Bar, even though uh, it was Bershus. A fourth shot, last one here. Ravino Amar Lasu has done to include the case of the Mishnah. You have a privately owned wall or tree that falls into the street and does damage. You do not have to pay. As we're talking, something crazy, unexpected happened. A person has a wall that falls down, maybe a tornado or something, knocks down your wall, and then someone trips on it before you had a chance to clear it away. So this is considered unavoidable, and therefore you're okay. There's no liability here. There's nothing you could have done better. But let's say, you know, the city walked by and saw that a tree was in danger of falling or that a wall was going to collapse. And they said, you have 10 days notice to take care of this. If they fell within those 10 days, potter, you're a potter. Because it's still, they gave you a certain amount of time to take care of it. It, it clearly wasn't like an imminent danger. It was after the time that they gave you, you're liable because you're negligent. They told you to remove the hazard within 10 days and you didn't do it. So that case, how are you? So that case, we need the Tzad HaShavah. But says the Gemara, why? If you made the tree or the wall ownerless and it's lying in the street, so that's just a classic bar. Being the Rabbin Shemohan a bar. Whether you will look Rabbin Shemohan, just be a classic bar. Maishon a bar. The danger is common. In other words, by leaving it there, it's, it's normal, it's common for an animal to fall into the pit. So the point that we're saying is, it's common enough, you should be liable. Um, these wall and tree that were, you were given a time to take care of and, and it's a hazard and you didn't and it's laying on the street so it should be a subcategory of pit if you're going to tell me it's because you didn't make it ownerless but Shmuel still holds we don't care about ownership in regards to bar it's still a subcategory of a pit so you don't need to come out to the Tzadah Shavah so the Gemara explains you made it ownerless when I make a pit the first making of it is for damage. So what's the point that the Gemara is saying? First, what did you do? There was a planting of a tree or someone built a wall. In that moment, it wasn't a damaging force. They were sturdy. Something later, when it made it weakened and prone to fall, that's when it became a dangerous thing. So it's not like a regular pit. A regular pit, the time is, the action to be being prone from damage is there together. It's like that if I leave something in the street as well, because I put it in the street. 
So in that moment, that the, that's where the bar is. That's where it becomes dangerous. So in the moment that it's a bar, it's, it's prone to damage. Whereas here, the point is, is that there's no, the, 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 the making of this tree and wall is not, is not prone to damage. It's only afterwards when it weakens. So then it just becomes dangerous at a later point. But there's no making of the pit, which is, which is a dangerous thing. So therefore, I can't learn it as a told of a pit. Here, it's not like a person made a dangerous thing. So the Gemara says on that, Shar will show that it's wrong because a Shar is not prone to damage, it's not a dangerous thing from its, from, its, from its essence and still I'm liable for not watching it when it wants to go do something. So so, so do the, this type of pit, even though when I made the wall, it wasn't prone to damage, but I should be careful to protect the wall from damaging when it becomes prone. So Malash Shosh Gain Derek Lalazak, ah, you're going to say I can't learn from Shar because it goes and does the damage. Here, here someone just falls into the pit, but on that bar, I'll prove that every bar, we don't care if it goes out and does the damage. Because I didn't repeat itself it's not like a pit or an ox but from the Tzad Shava together you could become liable so in summary what do we come out we have four cases if you notice there's one big theme about all four cases they're all irregular types of pit that's really the cases of all of them I want to go over just quick what it is the first one was an item that was on a roof that was blown off by a normal wind and then landed um, came to a rest and then someone tripped over it the second case is that you put it down in the street and people kicked it and it rolled to a different place and someone tripped over it or waste that was thrown into the street during the rainy season and we had permission or the tree or the wall that fell in after the owner was warned in each of these cases you need bar and something else to show that you're still hive and again big use if it's really like a bar just we needed the other thing or it's really more like a tzad shav, it's like a new bria so to speak a new sort of concept it happens to be the brisket raw seems to take the approach interestingly enough that after all is said and done, there really aren't categories of mazikim. There's just the tzad shava. Everything is only tzad shava. In other words, basically the tzad shava shows you, you know, you have all these different qualities and you compare and contrast them. But once the Torah said all of them, you see it's all, it's all just l'hagel Torah. And really everything is, the, the mechai of Babakama is simply the tzad shava which exists. Other achronim say, no, 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 there's still avos and there's still toldos and everything is important. It just happens to be that there are times that will, will, where we will derive a certain scenario from the Tzad HaShav. It's an interesting, like, lumdus that emerges as not so clear in the Achronim. All right, here we go. Kishachizik Chav HaMazik. We said when the damage happens, so the Mazik is Chav. So Chav HaMazik, why do we say the damager is Chav? Chayav HaMazik. Shouldn't we say Chayav? Chav is like more of like a verb. Right, so we're trying to say that he is chayav. Should say chayav. So I'm reviewing my rav. Hi, Tana Yerushalmi. This Tana was from Yerushalayim. Tana Lishnaklila. They use shorthand version, like slang, like clipped language. They don't speak properly. You're right. Instead of saying chayav, he said chav. Grammatically, it's actually a bit imprecise. All right, then we speak about a brand new sugya. It's going to take us a few dap in the big sugya. It's called the sugya of metav. So the Indian of metav is that you pay when the guy is liquid. He pays from his cash. But if he doesn't have liquid cash, so what's the halacha? So the halacha is that there's a, a lien on the property of the mazik that the nizik can collect from. Now, which property? If you have different quality of properties. So the Pasuk says, So seemingly what we learn is that it means from his choicest of the fields, right? There are three categories. It is Ziburis and Beidonis. And we say that Nizak and damages is collected from the choicest of his fields. So it says the Gemara, let's get into this. Who is his, right? What is that? Rabbi Shmuel says, says a, a startling a, a startling point that it doesn't mean the choices of the fields of the mazik, right? The mazik is the one who's paying. It does not mean his best field. It means the damaged party's best field, according to Rabbi Shmuel. So we have to understand what in the world is that saying, right? We'll get to this as, as we emerge. 
telling the court to collect from the damager's best land, like the Pashup shot, to collect from the Mazik's best lands. And that is certainly true where you're collecting for the base of Mikdash. When you're collecting for damages, you collect from the most superior land. Certainly when you're collecting for the base of Mikdash, that, that line in the Gemara will be, have to be defined. Why are we collecting from the base of Mikdash? What is going on here? So now, the Gemara is going to start off trying to understand Rabbi Shmuel. Again, we have a Pasuk, the Pasuk shot in the Pasuk is like Rabbi Akiva. That it means when the Mazik is paying, he has to pay, if he doesn't have liquid, from his choices of land. For Rabbi Shmuel said, it means from the best that the Nizik has. So the Gemara assuming, uh, assumes what it means is, if there's damage which is inflicted on the Nizik's field, you always pay as if it was his most superior land. So what would that mean, says the Gemara? Rabbi Shmuel, if he ate the best row of vegetables, so you have to pay that value of the best row. And what? The Torah is telling you if it ate a poor quality row, then you also pay as if it was the highest quality row? In other words, what does it mean you pay from the best of the nizik? The Gemara is assuming what it means is in the value of the damage. So if there are different rows in the field, and one row is worth $10, and one row is worth $100. So if the animal ate from any row, you always pay $100. But the Gemara says that's just so ludicrous. It's, it's against logic that we cannot understand how that can be. How can it be that the Torah is saying, Metev Karmo, Metev Sadeo Shon Nizik, what the Gemara again thinks that means. It's no matter what value it had in the field, you always evaluate, the, assess the damage as if it was the best row. How could that be? Amar of Idibar Havanach, my Askinah, what's the case? So you're dealing with it, it ate a row, but it was mixed up, meaning we don't know what the value was. There are some good value rows that are worth 10, some are worth 100. You don't know if it ate a, a rich or poor row. The Torah is saying that you have to pay. Assume it was the best one. It may have eaten a very rich uh, row. And therefore, uh, you're to be If we know it definitely ate from a poor row, so then you don't you don't you, you can you can um, you can pay you can pay the cheaper one. But the Pasuk is saying you pay the more like the more choices one is where we don't know. Okay. Says the Gemara, but it's still difficult to understand. If we would know that the animal ate a poor row, you're telling me you only pay a poor row. So it doesn't make sense to say that if we don't know, we have to pay for the rich one. That goes against everything we know. What, what do we know? The big rule is that the proof, the burden of proof, is always upon the person who's trying to take property away from his friend. So if that's true, since if it's possible that he only ate from the poor from the poor row, why would we say that the injured party is able to take away, out of doubt, from the mazik, the, the, the higher value, when it's only a suffix if he owes him that amount of money? So we cannot tolerate that try to be correct as well. So therefore, the Gemara is going to switch fundamentally. When we say you pay the best of the nizik, it doesn't mean that we assess the value of the damage at a higher place. And just to clarify... Right in Rabbi Akiva for a second, just to go back to Rabbi Akiva, the Pashup shot, that you're paying from the choices of the lands that the Mazak has. That doesn't mean he's giving something of higher value. It just means the preferred payment plan. Right? If you did $100 of damage, you're paying $100 value. If it's in land, so you assess what's $100 worth of land. Just we're saying people would prefer having a compact land, smaller in size, that's worth $100, than a bigger field that's, that's inferior quality that's worth $100. But it's this, you're paying the same value, just the question is in what way you pay. So now we're going to try to apply that to Rabbi Yishmael as well. When Rabbi Yishmael said you pay the best of the nizik, he didn't mean we're assessing the damage in a higher value than it really was. Listen to the case. The best that the nizik had, in other words, the nizik has a bunch of fields, his best field is equal to the worst field that the mazik has. 
Okay, so the mazik has to pay. He did damage. And the Torah says that he has to pay from his fields. But what if his worst fields, meaning his most inferior quality, so is equal to the best quality that the Nizik owns. So obviously that means the Nizik owns garbage real estate. The Mazik owns amazing real estate. So the Mazik's worst is equal to the Nizik's best. So Rabbi Akiva, the Pasha Pashan, the Pasha says, I don't care what fields the Nizik has. I don't care. The point is the Mazik has to pay in accordance with his best fields. Right? That's the idea. So even though the Nizik's best is equal to the Mazik's worst. We don't care. The Mazik has to pay from his most superior field. Says Rabbi Yishmael, no. Rabbi Yishmael, Savar, but the Nizik Shaminon. We assess based upon the Nizik. Meaning that the Mazik can give his most inferior field land in payment. Again, equal to the damages. That's the huge switch that's happening. You're never paying for more than you damage. It's only a question of the payment plan and what way are you paying. Normally, you would say he should pay from his best land. Rabbi Shmuel is introducing that you could pay from your worst land if it's equal to the Nizik's best. For Rabbi, Rabbi Akiva, suffer with the Mazik Shemina. I don't care if it's equal to the Nizik's best. You cannot pay from your worst land. You have to always pay from your best land. Where do we get this dispute? My time is Rabbi Shmuel. Based upon Xerah Shabbat. It says the word field before over here, and it says the button the payment, and it says the word field above when it discusses the damage. It says that it went into someone else's field. London is just as the word field in the Pasuk before was talking about the damage property, it went into the Nizik's field. So to here, when it's saying here you pay with the choices field, it means the damager pays with land that the quality is at least equal to the quality of the damaged party's best field. That's what the Pasuk's saying. It's a very choppy Pasuk, because based upon the Zerushala. The Mazik pays. Which field is he going to use? The field which is equal in value to the Nizik's best field. So if it's the Mazik's worst field, so be it. But it's equal in the value to the Nizik's best field. That's Rabbi Yishmael. Rabbi Kiva, no, you're not reading the Pasuk. He should pay from his best. The one who is paying. Saying like the simple shot, the Mazik should pay from his best. For Rabbi Yishmael, responds, you're right. I'm not uprooting the Pshutosh Shomekra. I'm keeping that. There are times when the Mazik has to pay from his best. I'm just saying from the Xerosh Shava that there are times when he could pay from his worst. We explain. The Xerosh Shava is effective in the case that we said, where the Mazik's worst is the Nizik's best. That's where we say that the Mazik gets away with paying his worst. Hanikra, the simple shot is also in effect. If you're going to Israel, the Mazik is the Zipurus. Imagine the Mazik has Idis and Zipurus, the superior and inferior, the damaged party only has superior land. The damaged party only has one field, and it's, um, it's better than the inferior land of the damager. So in this case, as the Gemara speaks out, the inferior land of the damager, of the mazik, is not equal to the better the, to the one field that the damaged party has. So again, let's go over the case. The nizik has one field. One field. The mazik has two fields. The mazik's two fields relative to the nizik's one field. How does it play out? The nizik's one field is in the middle. The nizik's one field is in the middle. It's better than the worst field that the mazik has. But it's not as good as the choices field that the Mazik has. So, says the Torah, in that case, the Mazik has to pay from his best field. He can't give his inferior field because his inferior field is not equal in value to the best of the Nizik. So, since in this case, his inferior field is not equal to the worst, to the best of the Mazik, therefore, the, 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 the Mazik has to keep it up and pay from his best field. 
He can't say to the Nizik, you have to come and collect my inferior land. He can't. Why? Because his inferior land is not equal to the best of the Nizik. Rather, in this case, the Nizik will collect from his superior land, even though the quality is better than his most superior land. That's what we're saying. So in a case where the Ziburus of the Nizik, the Ziburus of the Masik is equal to the Idis of the Nizik, then the Masik gets away with just paying his Ziburus, according to Rabbi Ishmael. But when his Ziburus is not equal to the best of the Nizik, then he has to pay from his Idis, the Masik has to pay from his Idis, even if it is better, even if it is better than the Nizik's, um, the, the Nizik's Idis. That's what comes out according to Rabbi Ishmael. And according to Rabbi Akiva, again, it never matters. According to Rabbi, to Rabbi Akiva, no matter what the values of the Nizik's field, the Masik is always going to pay from his best stuff. Okay, we'll stop here.